Hello and welcome to the Smells Like Infinite Sadness podcast. I'm your host, Michael Taylor. For those of you who don't know, I run the website, SmellsLikeInfiniteSadness.com. It's a blog covering the best alternative rock from the 80s and 90s up to present day. I'm a proud middle-aged Gen Xer who is still obsessed with the music of his youth and loves to talk about it. So last week, co-host Chris Logan and I delved into bands you either love or hate. Those bands that really is no middle-of-the-road opinion on. You're either all the way in or you're all the way out. Last week, we covered the Smashing Pumpkins, the Eagles, the Grateful Dead, Dave Matthews, and Rush. Now, we decided to break up into two installments because we were going pretty uh, in pretty great detail for these bands as far as pros and cons for each. So this week, we're going to wrap everything up with part two of bands you either love or hate. And we're going to discuss Radiohead, Metallica, U2, Marilyn Manson, and Slipknot. So get ready to hear our opinions. As always, you can send us a message via Anchor, or you can send us a tweet on Smells Like Sad, letting us know if you agree or disagree with us, if you think we're dead in the money, or think that we're totally misguided. So sit back and enjoy, or get mad, or laugh, or get ready to send us some comments saying why we're right and or wrong. Let's have fun. Why don't why don't we go into U2 since you mentioned them? Let's talk about why U2 are one of the biggest bands in the world, yet one of the most divisive bands in the world. Man, you know, that Bono, it, it's just a photo opportunity every single time. Whenever he shows up with those like poor kids in Africa <laughs> or or those those kids that he's trying to give like a a, a shirt to and in Nicaragua or something like that. What's funny to me, and, and, and you and I have, have, have shared the same, same sentiment about it, but he was doing this stuff a long time ago. Oh, yeah, from the beginning. I mean, he's been doing this practically since, like, 1983, 84. And apparently, it's, it's sort of like, man, I hate to play this card here, but I'm going to. But whenever you hear the political party that says so-and-so is just there for the photo op, exactly what, what, what it's, it's turned into. But I will say that Bono's been active in, in causes since, since they were kids in, in Ireland. And now he's at a, such a different level that he's able to help out um, people that may not have ever received that sort of help. Whenever they did the Joshua Tree tour last year, uh, I caught him at the show at AT&T Stadium, and he said, I'd like to thank you all, because if you are a United States taxpayer, you have helped with providing HIV medicine to children in Africa, children, mothers, men in Africa, because of his work with, oh wait, George W. Bush. That's right. I remember that. I remember that distinctly. And, and, and he talked about walking into George W. Bush's Oval Office at the time. It, it, and if you think about that, what the fuck are you doing there, man? Yeah, that's like, that's... But he, he went in He went in with a red pill, a blue pill, and a white pill. And he said, these three pills are red, white, and blue. 
and they're 30 cents. If you can commit to providing 30 cents to one child a day for the next year or whatever, then that will help these people who cannot afford this kind of care in Africa. And, and, and you know, the guy's a snake charmer, apparently, because he, he, he got George Bush on the program. And I think it was longer than a year, but you know, certainly the guy worked his, his charisma and his, his magic. And as Americans, we have helped people in, in Africa receive HIV medication. And I feel pretty good about that. Well, that's one thing that I don't understand. It's like, why would you be mad at somebody for trying to help somebody? That's, you know, that's. And, a, yeah, exactly. There's a very. And, and self- I, I, I think the thing that falls to the crack is, is that he's been doing this for so long, actually. This isn't this isn't just a new thing for them. This has been going on for almost the entirety of their careers. They, they have been active, whether you want to call it politically active or socially active, your own. But they've been active in helping people beyond the band. The Edge helping out kids in New Orleans getting getting new new musical instruments because their their schools were you know completely wiped out from Katrina. You know, I mean, there's some good stuff going on in that band. And there's also there's this thing too where it's like you know you're supposed to you know even you hear people like the Gallagher brothers from Oasis who I begrudgingly love because they're hilarious put down artists but you know they're always railing on. Bono or whoever, but you know, they're always like, well, you shouldn't go around. I'm like, well, I don't think he's just going around saying this to be on the TV. I think he's going around saying this and get other people's attention. When you've got that bully puppet pulpit, you can use it and reach a wider audience. And if you're just doing it while you're lonesome, I think that's really, I mean, he's not, he's like sitting here hogging, he's doing campaigns that are trying to get more people involved. So I think that's, that's the biggest misconception. It's like, why would you, I don't, the idea of begrudging somebody for charity it's, it was such an 80s thing, too. You know, the whole Wall Street and Gordon Gecko kind of Ronald Reagan. There was, there was such like a, a very, such a nasty backlash to charity in the 80s that I remember distinctly. And I think that, you know, that kind of bled over to their kind of their whole career, you know. And I think that uh, yeah. Bono has always been like, whatever. And the other, the other thing, yeah. uh, assumption about Bono that people are like, oh, he's got no sense of humor. And that's so not true. It's like, if you listen I, I heard him on an interview with, right. with with Howard Stern last year, and he was hilarious. I mean, he was so funny. So, I mean, it's like he's got a very good sense of humor. I mean, I think that, you know, I, he's just he's he's just a fascinating character. And, it, you know, I think that 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 really, yeah, that really is like the, the, the main reason that people give you two a hard time. But, yeah. you, know, the, you know, I can't say I'm a massive, I'm, I know you're like a huge YouTube fan. I, I, I consider myself a I went to Nashville this year to go see them. <laughs> so yeah, you're, you're, yeah. You're, I mean, because it it was getting it wasn't getting any closer. I tried to go to go see them in St. Louis, but they canceled the St. Louis show because of some white cop had oh, that's right. a free pass for shooting a black guy. You that's know, right. that's right. There were tanks in the street 
whatever. I mean, just that that kind of bullshit. But you know, you two made the right decision. Just call it off, and we'll see you next time. I ain't mad. <laughs> I got to visit Nashville. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> You two are kind of they're they're a strange band because it's like they're they have a very simple sound you know it's not overly complex but it's so big you know right. they used to call that even they call that back then that was like the thing the big music that's what they call like U two and Simple Minds and all those bands but U two were the ones that you know they they made the long haul because they were able to kind of grab different elements of like you know some like American Soul you know they added some industrial stuff they did they really yeah. tried everything. And it hasn't always worked, but yeah, you know, and of course in latter years, they've, they've, you know, I haven't really been fond of YouTube stuff for, you know, pretty much ever since all that you can't leave behind. That was like the last album that I really, really liked, but, but you know, they're still, it, and also I think for a lot of, you know, I always put things in perspective for people. It's like, yeah. if you grew up after the eighties, if you were born in the nineties or whatever, it's kind of like when you see Star Wars for time on TV. It's like it's not the same thing like when we got to see Star Wars in 1977. You know what I mean? It's like you two were they were a they were a true phenomenon. It was <laughs> it was it was like it was basically like like those were like right. the, the Beatles of the 80s. They really were. I mean, they were huge, and it was like it was almost like you know they felt like an overnight success, even though they've been around for a while because it was the way they took over yeah. with the Joshua Tree was just like so massive, and I think that's what why the fans love them is just because there's, you know, there is a, a spiritual dimension to that group that I think that feeds people, you know, I'm not religious, but I, I can appreciate that, that, uh, what they tap into. And of course right. the, the edges guitar playing is so unique. I put their day zero at the uh, live aid show. Uh, whenever they just, they, they just knocked it out, knocked it out of the park for live aid. Yeah, yeah, that they were yeah, along with Queen. I, I think I think that was, yeah. I I know that right now it gets a lot of Queen pub, but you know they were. I think they were within two or three bands of each other that day. Because I, you know, I remember watching it, and of course, you know, already knew you two because of like Sunday Bloody Sunday, and you know, Two Hearts Beat as One, and and you know. Uh, you know, New Year's Day, th- those songs that you heard on just regular rock radio, but they were being played. They weren't in high rotation. But, you know, finally, Unforgettable Fire comes out and Prop is starting to get, get a little bit more airplay. Really, I guess that was the, the, the biggest song off that record that, that would have been on regular rock radio. But mm-hmm. then they play Live Aid to a a worldwide audience like that, and it was it was I think that was the catapult. And at that point, you know, I'm sure they sold a ton of copies of Unforgettable Fire that summer, and then people just waited, just waited to get their hands on um, Joshua Tree. And of course that that was that was it. Their, their lives their lives were completely changed. That you two were those bands that they they like uh, people fall in love with certain periods of of that group. You know, you've got the '80s fans, you got the '90s fans. You know, those are the two. You know, the, you know some people yeah. some people didn't really get with them until the until 
Octum Baby, some really came out of the Joshua Tree. And so there's a lot of like, well, they suck now. They used to be great. You know, you know yeah. they, they didn't get good till then. And Joshua Tree's better. Octum, Octum Baby's better. It's such a, uh, it caused such debate, but I think that's only because yeah. they've done so much different stuff, you know. And they've had some stumbles. You know, you've had your Rattle and Hum was, was definitely a weird move that, you know. But, it was, yeah, it was. Yeah, that was a that was an odd one, but I mean, there there's a lot more that worked that didn't work. I I, I could find stuff on that that I can I, look. You know, like pop. There's an overwhelming sense that pop is not that great of a record. I'm I'm still a fan of it, but I mean that's just me. I'm 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 an all decade U2 fan that would love to see them do a a. a I, you know what? If they said, "Hey, we're playing pop in its entirety on this tour," <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> you know. Well, I think there's also. I'll go to that. I think there's also this thing where, like, you know, critics wait for like one album that's got maybe not quite as strong as the others, and like, this is the one we're going to finally bring them down. You know, we're going to attack them for pop, and it's going to be, you know, it's like every band's got to get that one album, right. but that they get that they get reamed over. And for you too, it was it was pop. You know, that was like the, you know, but there's still some really good songs yeah, on there. It was. Yeah, there's there's some great stuff on it, and uh, you know I'm not going to turn into like a pop apologist um, segment, but yeah, I mean, look, I mean, altogether, you two have been doing what they're doing now for a really long time, and if you don't like them, then that's fine, but you're wrong. <laughs> And I put that I put that one in stone. <laughs> Why don't we just go on to Metallica, which are kind of similar in that regard, as far as a band that has such a long career that people have so very many similar different opinions. So why do people like Metallica? What would you say are Metallica's greatest strengths? Uh, well, I mean, of course, we can all go with those first. Um, I'll, I'll I'll give you. Four albums. Is that right? Four. You got uh, Kill 'Em All, Kill 'Em All, Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, and uh, Lightning, Justice for All. Master of Puppets and Justice. Five, five. Yeah, with the with yeah. I mean, I guess you know what. Let me go ahead and throw in the Black album because I mean it. I'm not going to fool myself and say I don't like the Black Elm because I do like the Black Elm. There's some there's some great great stuff on there. It's just not until they decided to, as you might say, cut their hair. And uh-huh. I, I'm not sure what was going on at the time. You know, it was. A- I'm not sure what what was really happening internally with the band. You know, because I think what people like about Metallica, you know, in a sense is that first off is their energy. They're a very high energy act. They've got great riffs, but I, I think what made Metallica so, uh, you know, so exciting at the time is that, you know, you kind of we were in this kind of hair metal phase where it was just constant cheese rock. You turn on MTV, the hard rock is kind of, you know, was, 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 was in a bad place. And then here comes this band that, you've got a fusion of like punk rock and metal, which was, you know, you'd seen some of that mm-hmm. before in certain bands, you know, obviously like Sam Hain or, 
Motorhead. It was, but Metallica were the first bands that really were able to kind of give it, you know, this facelift and just really, it was all about the speed and the aggression. And like Rush, it was not songs that were all about like getting laid and getting high. It was, they were like politically minded. Uh, a lot of it was like literature based off of stuff like, you know, HR, HP Lovecraft or Johnny, get your gun. I mean, there was a very, uh, there was a very, uh, literate, yeah. literate aspect to them, which made them different from a lot of metal bands who were more just like, Ugh, you know, but they they were, you know, they, they, they were partiers, but they, they, you know, they, they could think, you know, they were, they weren't just stupid butt rock. And I think that's, that's what, what made those, <laughs> right. made, made those first four albums so powerful. Right. But then, I think when you yeah. talk, talk about oh, what yeah. people hate Metallica is really with, with Metallica. It's not that they hate all Metallica. What they hate is what we're getting into, which is when they shifted from, you know, the Black Album was kind of like, like uh, the interlude, you know, Black Album. I, I thought was, I really enjoyed it when it first came out. I liked it a lot. I was playing it all the time, Yeah, but looking back on it, you know, I was like, it, it wasn't as strong for me song for song as the earlier stuff, but Bob Rock produced yeah. it and made them a shit ton of money. And then they went and tried to kind of follow in the groove of like American alternative rock and post grunge. And we got the load album, which was, Oh man. I mean that, that I'll never forget watching that. that <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget on MTV watching that until it sleeps video and going, what the holy hell is this? It's one of the worst. What happened? not only is the song bad, the video is atrocious. I mean, they're all wearing makeup and it's, yeah, it's such a disaster. And it was like, so lackluster. And the whole album was like, not really many good riffs. Uh, it was just, it was kind of blunt. Right. And from that point on, they really kind of, you know, for a long, long time, Metallica were getting kind of stuck in this second gear boogie rock stuff. And it was all Bob Rock, yeah. all, all Bob Rock, and and you know I like Bob Rock all the time. You know I you know I like Sonic Temple to an extent. I think it was kind of a come down from Love and Electric, but you know he's got his strengths. But he just he really kind of I think neutered that band, and I think they kind of enjoyed playing it safe. I think one reason they did it, and this is just my opinion, but I think you know those first four albums are not you know easy to play necessarily. I mean, I play guitar. I, I play some Metallica songs and, yeah. and a lot of them are hard. I mean, you got to really be on it. You know, it's, it's very, very fast. It could, yeah. you know, like blackened yeah. or master puppets, you know, it's, it's not impossible to play, but it's really fast. It's really precise. And I think maybe they enjoyed doing stuff like the black album or low. Cause it's, it's much easier to play. I mean, they're very, you know, they're much easier, much, right. hook, much hookier, m- more simplistic. And I think maybe for a songwriting aspect, for me aspect, it was just like a nice break. Don't have to be, going, you know, 90 miles an hour down the fretboard all the time. But then you yeah. get, then you get St. Anger, which was, you know, the, their worst album. It's just an unholy mess. And you think, uh, think that all hope is lost, but then, yes. then, you know, they finally started to re-embrace their old sound on, what was the name of the album? The recruitment, a death magnetic, which was not, not a great album. Death but, magnetic. Yeah. Yeah. Not a great album, but the Rick Rubin produced record. Yeah, it's not not, not solid, but better. But it thought I thought it was heading in the right direction for sure. And their last album, Hardwired to Self Destruct, that was in twenty sixteen. Hardwired, Hardwired to Self Destruct, and that I I I stand by that's a good album. I thought that was that's their best album they've done since the Black Album, in my opinion. That was like really a, finally. 
it's not not great. It's not going to like blow you away or change your life. But it was some solid songs. They were back to their kind of their heavy, you know, some fast stuff. Even the slower stuff I didn't mind. It just seemed like like they're finally kind of shaking the cobwebs off. It's a little more, a little more energetic, a little more kind of a throwback to their old stuff. And I, I enjoy that one. So, so they're they're winning me well, over. That's an album. That's an album that I skipped. <laughs> Like I haven't even listened to it. It's been out for two years. Hey, you should check it out. See what you think. I mean, like I say, you know, don't go expecting Master of Puppets Part Two or anything like that. But it's it's for a bunch of guys. No, who, no, a bunch no. of guys who've been coasting for a long, long time. You know, that's right. that's it's an improvement. But the other reason for we changed tactics that Metallica got so hated for a, a lot of reasons was because of Napster, and this was not musically related at all. But it was all Lars Ulrich no. going to court. You know, I, I, I think about this now and I'm like, if he had only done it differently, you know, because what happened was Napster was just getting popular. People were like, oh, I can get all this music for free. And it was great. And yeah. here, here he comes. He wants to stop. They were like, no, don't do that. That sucks. You know, we're all, you know, in our 20s and, you know, sick of paying $20 a CD. This sounds great. You know, cut slash forward to 2018 and all these bands are struggling to, to make ends meet. And what, what he should have said was, you know, look, we're, we make plenty of money. We're going to be just fine. But the smaller bands, you know, and, and, and what, what the record industry should have taken note of that and should have tried to lower their prices at the time. They should have got invested into the online technology. I mean, there are so many missed opportunities and, and the Metallica, unfortunately, were the, were one of those foot soldiers that were missed the whole point. And they took a huge, a huge tumble for that. And, I think I read an article with Lars Ulrich saying he's still in therapy because of what he did to go into court for Napster. <laughs> Isn't he still so what unapologetic, unapologetic about it? Well, I, th- I think he still thinks that he's right. And I mean, um, is it right? I think that he thinks that you know that his point was right. And you know, I mean, I think a lot of bands today wish that their things were back the way they old the old way. But the problem was, of course, the consumer was the one who got screwed the most and. And it was just, it was, it was, right. it was inevitable. It was going to short circuit, but that's another thing that I think Metallica took a lot of hard knocks on. So that's, they did. And is, you know, the, my, my thinking on, 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 on the whole Napster fiasco. Cause I mean, let's be really from the beginning, honestly, is, you know, Metallica just ended up being the poster boy for it, for the whole thing. And it's really unfortunate because, you know, I understand where the, where they were kind of, um, you know what, this is our art. Why are you making, you know, any kind of, you know, any kind of free, you know, free influence on what we're supposed to, I mean, this is our job. And I understood that, but I think all of the uh, the anger should have been redirected to the record companies, the record labels, because what happened to the entire, you know, oh hey, whenever whenever CDs are are or more, you know, more popular, then they'll go down a price. Well, they never did. No, they never did. It was never redirected to the record labels. 
Matter of fact, I remember seeing record prices go up. Yeah, there was. They, you know, if you thought that they were expensive in 1991, <laughs> let me tell you about 1999 or 1987. It's like they, they came out right. and, and they were, know? they've always were around yeah. $20. Did you ever it's watch? Never, it never relented. Did you, ever, did. did you ever watch that Tower Records documentary that uh, Tom Hanks son directed? No, no, I haven't seen it yet. No, you, you got, I, need, I still need to see that. You would love it, and it really—I won't go in because I don't want to take too much time away from what we're working on here. But but it's definitely goes into all that stuff and about the whole greed and, and Tower Records were a huge part of, of of that problem. So definitely check that out. It's a really good documentary. It really kind of nails. Oh yeah, the end of an Absolutely. era. But I think why don't we move to one more metal band that I'm going to get some knocks for here? I'm sure. Uh, here we go. I like do it. Slipknot. I like Slipknot. Oh. I like Slipknot. Whoa. And I did not think I did not think I would because I mean I think if there's if you go to any metal site if you go to metal sucks or whatever. There's the infamous. Uh, what does Corey Taylor think about this? That's a, a common, a common Facebook comment. I mean, you see Kesha a lot, but it's like it's, it's like it's kind of the next Joe. You see, what does what does Kerry King think? Now it's what does Corey Taylor think? It's kind of because they're you know outspoken musicians. When Slipknot first came out, I, I I was immediately suspicious. I thought these guys are ripping off Mr. Bungle. They're wearing the goofy masks. They're doing the whole corn thing. You know, I just I was I was not I was not impressed at all. I thought they were just goofy and run them off. Then a friend of mine was like, no, man, it's like, you got to check them out. You got, you know, forget the mass, listen to their album. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. And then finally I was listening just a few years ago. It was on a liquid metal on Sirius and the psychosocial came on and I'm like, holy shit, this is a great metal song. This is a really infectious song. And this guy can sing his, this guy, this guy can sing his ass off. It's a really good singer. And he's got a very good vocal range. It's like Mike Patton-esque vocal range. I mean, he can sing his ass. He's, his range is 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 really impressive. So I'm like, okay, you know, I checked him out. And so I found a couple of CDs at, at Half Price Books. And I'm like, you know, I don't like every song, but it's like there's some strong, you know, they've got great riffs, good vocals. You know, some of the key, some of the uh, disc scratching I, I could do without. And, you know, the image, the image is, is very cartoonish, you know, so it's kind of goofy. But as far as like, you know, in an era where rock music is kind of not getting much play, they're like still a huge act. And I, and I get it because a few, a few years ago, a friend of mine, she won tickets to see them in Marilyn Manson, another guy who is very much a lover hate guy. But uh, she's like, do you want to go? I'm like, well, yeah, sure. I'll go. It's for free. And. And holy fuck, man, that was that was a good show. I mean, it was I was entertained. Well, the entire, they, they had the whole like multimedia thing going on. This weird, disturbing, like you know, all this like blurred imagery, and, you know. And they just, you know, it, it sounds like because yeah, they got these guys playing like tin cans and you know, like three percussionists, and you know, it's just this total wall right. of sound, like a keyboard player, a, a, a DJ, and two guitarists. You know, so, I mean, it's like it's just like a wall of sound. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I get why these guys. You know, and I get why they're goofed on because they're goofed because of their image. You know, people see them like, oh, right. where they wear masks and this kind of thing. And bunch of dudes with masks. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, you'd be awesome. Go ahead. Yeah. 
I, I was going to say, I, I remember them coming out and it, it was such a niche category. I mean, it looked like a bunch of goofballs and masks that were just playing, you know, metal, some sort, some sort of hybrid metal that just happened to have, you know, those DJ scratches in it. It was, it, it was really just, it was just kind of a, a I think it was, it was kind of what was going on at the time. You know, if you think about like Limp Biscuit, oh, yeah, the whole new metal thing was huge and, and, and the like, yeah, you corn. know? Yeah. You know, they were all incorporating some sort of like, quote unquote, we have a DJ in our band. Well, your DJ doesn't really do shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, exactly. You, 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 you want somebody to scratch records and put on a mask. I'm your man. <laughs> I can fucking scratch a record up for you. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> And, and to make matters worse, they came in, they were very late to the game, which of course you think, okay, rip off artists, yeah. they're, they're just coming in on the tail end of it. You know, but you know, some bands, you don't have to be the most original band to be good. I mean, Stone Temple Pilots no, were, were very, no. were a very derivative band. They got a lot of shit for it. You know, that's another band we probably could talk about. I won't get into it, but you know, I think they were a solid rock band. Scott Whalen was a great vocalist. And I think Slipknot are very much like, you know, they're, they're in that kind of same category where I think they get a bad rap because of how they look and, and kind of a cheesy, you know, genre, but they do it really well. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not, and I'm not going to say they're my favorite band or all that kind of thing, but I mean, if you get a chance to go see them for free, you'll, you'll have a good time. They're, they're fun. I mean, they well, were... my, my only rip on them. And this is just for me personally, because my, my taste in metal usually drifts a lot darker, deeper and heavier is that they weren't heavy enough. And the first album sufficed to an extent and but then i thought and this was all on the record label because what happened is they released another song but it wasn't on the album it's always so dumb when they do that it was on the reissue of the album Ugh, hate that. so so yeah so like they released an album and then they released the album again let's say nine months later with a song that has actually been promoted to the radio. So if you, if you bought the album early on, which at that point, not a whole bunch of people had done, but if you had, and then you got that song, I forgot, I I forgot what the single was because it was a really, it was really kind of a substantial hit, like wait to bleed or something like that. Yeah. 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 That was their first big hit. Wait to bleed. Yeah. Wait and bleed. Yeah. Yeah, so that wasn't on the original pressing of the album. It was on the second pressing of the album. That's weird. And the the, the record label, Roadrunner, was kind of in the business of doing that a little bit. And they didn't run, run CD singles at all at that point. So, but, you know, if, if we want to go back and talk about the Napster thing for a second, that's the reason why Napster happened. Mm-hmm, that kind of shit. Shit like that. Because, once again, it's on the record labels. Not the artists, but the record labels. So, but Iowa, I found a little bit more acceptable. It it it, it really kind of hit, hit hit some points on me. The I think that was the second album, uh, second legit album that they put out. And somewhere along the line, I went to go see them. And I don't remember what the tour was, 
it must have been one of those Oz fests or something like that. And I got to tell you, man, there was a ton of shit going on there. A ton. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like sensory overload. I mean, it's a lot. It's a there lot. There is a bunch of stuff. I mean, I I clocked out early on the show because I knew that I had to be up at work earlier in the morning than I usually had to be. So I only only snuck in about half of their show. Um, but let me tell you, chaotic. It was um, it was kind of a mess. It made sense, and I I I, I don't know if I hit them on a on a on a tough night for them or not. It didn't it didn't really catch me as much, but I was completely completely intrigued with the circus that was going on because let me tell you, it was it was six rings of insanity going yeah. on. Yeah, they put on they put on and quite the spectacle. It, <laughs> yeah, I mean it was was really nuts. And like I said, I I, I I wouldn't mind catching them again. I'm not sure if I want to pay for it yeah. <laughs> all that much, but you know, if I was given a a, a, a ticket to go catch them, I, I certainly wouldn't mind at least uh, inter- entertaining it at all because I need to see that. I need to see that again, you know, that just was, because, I, and that was, God, that was years ago. That was at least 10, 12 years ago. Well, I, I think too, I think they've at gotten, least. I think they've gotten better as they've gone on to, because they kind of broke free of, you know, cause you know, anytime you join a, like a, a record label in your new seat, they want to kind of make you a little more cookie cutter to fit in. So they can make them a little more Cornish, a little more, you know, they will make them a little more in that in that vein. But the more they got, you know, they started playing. You know, they started playing guitar. So remember, what you remember no new metal band would ever play guitar solos. You remember that? Like we play, yeah. for, we play for the song. You know, it was like, oh fucking play a guitar solo. Come on, dude. <laughs> okay. I I like right. I I like guitar solos. I like them. So they start playing those. They got more kind of an organic sound, and they were able to be more kind of classic metal in some ways. So I think they're are better now. And I get why people think they're stupid. You know, they think they're yeah. They think they're a, a gimmick and they think all this stuff and it's totally, I totally get it. I know why you never heard them in your life. You would just be like, ugh, you know, I get it. But I, I tell you, if you listen to him enough times and you've listened to that guy's voice enough time, he, he's, he's quite the singer. And I also think he's like pretty sharp politically and has some interesting things to say. He's not your typical meathead, which, and he makes a lot of, because metal, metal heads angry because he's always saying that, you know, I don't like my politics and my metal. You know, kind of, I always love that, that response. I don't like people talking right. about this. Well, you don't like it because you don't agree with it. If you agree with it, you think it'd be great. So, uh, but I think that he's, <laughs> I think he's a, he's a good front man, you know? So yeah. And I'm not going to go right. t- too long on this, but saying I saw Marilyn Manson is another guy is kind of a similar thing who I've always had a soft spot for, but he's also someone who's been a very, you know, people, you know, Marilyn Manson has always been kind of a lightning rod for love or hate, which I think is just the way he wants it. But I think that. Our problem- yeah. And, and, that's how that's how I am with him, love or hate. Like hated him at first, loved him for a little while. Kind of fell asleep at one of his shows. Of course, the ten beers before didn't help. But you know, <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> Slayer was on after him, so I, you know, it was one of those things. I think- know, took a nap, saw Slayer. <laughs> it was, you know, he he, he still. I still think that uh, Manson is trying, it, it, is still trying in a creative way, and and I I, I think he should 
should still keep doing what he's doing. I probably won't like a lot of what he does, and that's fine, but I applaud his ability to go outside and, and be creative um, for, for each and every record that he's done. Because nowadays they seem to be so diverse. Yeah, I think and, you know it, it's 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 a dartboard. It's like what do we want this record to sound like and throw the dart and let's go with that. And I think too, a lot of things with Marilyn Manson. For you know, I think once he left Trent Reznor, it was a big danger sign because Trent Reznor was really so instrumental in getting their sound. And their, I mean, he was such a huge yeah. part of that. And I think that they struggled for a long time to kind of get his sound. But I thought that the one mm-hmm. that, that he did with uh. Tyler Bates, who did this, the Guardians of the Galaxy and the John Wick soundtracks, the uh, Pale Emperor was particularly good. Very different, very yeah. got, very like more subdued. Unfortunately, his last time he kind of got more into his old tricks, which is a little more boring to me. But yeah, he, he's kind of hit or miss and hits, really hits yeah. hard, you know. But I think he's kind of, yeah. you know, just for being the kind of guy that when for, he, yeah. for people out in the 90s, I always appreciate him for, for just scaring the shit out of people who were very easily shocked. I'm- <laughs> I'm all for him offending somebody somewhere. Exactly. We need more of that. I, 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 I support that completely. We need more of that for sure. The rock has gotten a little too safe. <laughs> all right. Well, I think it's time to close it out. We've got one more group, Good deal. group here to talk about and Radiohead. Let's close it out. Ooh. Radiohead. Why do you love pe- hate? Yeah. Why do people, why do people hate or love Radiohead? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think with Radiohead, we're going to get in that same thing with Metallica and with U2, which is different eras that people kind of talk about with Radiohead. But I think what people like, <laughs> people like about Radio, yeah. Radiohead, they're another band that are kind of in that weird zone where it's, it's hard to know just what makes them tick. But I think, what is it? Tell us, people, so, what is it? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and cut this off. For me, at least. So, you have Pablo Honey. And that is what you might just call their 90s. And then everything else after that is the other part of Radiohead. So, mm-hmm. you're either in the well, I mean, I know you for yourself. You're, you're a Pablo Honey fan. I'm, I'm, I'm the sole idiot who thinks Pablo Honey is one of their best albums. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've, we've covered you're, this you're, in the last episode. <laughs> how much I we, like we, Pablo. We, we have, and, and and I'm still okay with Pablo Honey. It, you know, it's not it's not a go to for me, but you know, hey, it's still it's still fun. And then then we have. Uh, okay, computer hitting, and it 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 changed it changed everything. Yeah, I that, think that was that was a huge high water mark. That was like the album of that year, yeah. And that showed, yeah, that, that they had a lot more interesting things in I, than the people first thought. Yeah, I I, I think between that and um, Siamese Dream, you have a a head to head, the two records. Well, and and actually, uh, not to go outside the zone here. Um, I think Dr. Dre's Chronic, all three of those records changed the 90s completely. Mm-hmm. I agree. All three of those. Um, 
but from OK Computer. And then whenever you start jumping past that, then you don't know where exactly Radiohead was going. I mean, their entire scene <laughs> just jumped all over the place after that. I mean, Radiohead were changing changing their ideals and their sounds so completely every single album at that at that point. I mean, we jumped off from Pablo Honey, which was, you know, certainly part of that Brit rock mm-hmm. grunge sort of sound, and then the OK Computer, which, hey, let's be real, that's sort of like their their jammy record, you know. There's there's some jams going on there. It's their prog album. It's their Floyd tribute, whatever. Very, yeah, no, no, very much so. <laughs> and, and then, or, or I'm sorry, I, I skipped the bins completely. Oh, uh, which is that a, was that was that was bad of me. Which is because a, that's a fantastic, a fantastic album. And that, ca- that was a good bridge. Yeah, that was bridge record for sure. That was one of those albums that was like, okay, these guys are you know they've got more. They're you know they they yeah. they have more layers you know because Pablo Honey is definitely a kind of a one layer thing but 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 the bins was really much like we we got some artists yeah. here who are gonna you know push the limit. But then Kid A came out, and that was a real divisive <laughs> that, album. That was that freaked one, everybody out. That freaked all of them out. See, I thought I, I was, mean I was gonna be a bigger fan because I love Aphex Twin, right? I think Aphex Twin is great, but I felt like they were trying to be Aphex right. Twin, and I was like, I don't know. I don't, I'm just right. I, yeah. Some of it, like I thought, Idiotech was great. I love that song, and I, there was some definitely. Yeah. And uh, Exit. What's that last song on the album? Is it Exit for the Film, or is that the last song on on uh, OK Computer? Uh, that, that's on that's on uh, OK Computer. Yeah, whatever that last song is on on uh, on it is on the on uh, Kid A. I like that. I don't hate it, but it was like it was like okay, guitars are no longer our specialty, and that was just kind of a bummer for me because I particularly like their guitar work, and this was very yeah. very toned down, and I feel like from that point onward. Radiohead albums were no longer guitar centric. And that for me was just kind of a little bit of a, a bummer because I really like their guitar sound. So that's just me being totally. Yeah. Me I being, totally get that because they're, I mean, the, the work of Johnny Greenwood is, is completely, I mean, w- whenever you get him on a guitar, um, he's, he's, Wow, <laughs> he's just a bunch of wow. You know, I I don't know if you've ever seen him live. I haven't. I wish as a band I need to see. Man, he's so dynamic, and he's such an instrumentalist too. And so I I honestly think that Kid A, as much as it as we may think that it was a Tom York driven sound, I'm. I really think that Johnny Greenwood um, was all about hey, let's totally let's totally work in that direction and and let, let me see what I can do because he was all about theremin and very analog type sounds you know the Moogs and, and, and what have you you know putting on the guitar every once in a while for you know a little at that point guitar was just atmosphere. <laughs> 
you know, a clank and a clank and a, you know, somebody else can do the rhythm, but he was all about the lead on everything else. But for, for kid a and, and amnesiac, I mean, divisive, divisive records that really would set the, set the, the tone for them un, until today, honestly, I mean, to finding people that, that are all about Radiohead now. I'm not sure if they if they came to town that they would have a sellout here. Yeah, I I wonder because it's I think what happened with Radiohead is they got very, you know, like in Hell to the Thief, that was that was okay. And I think in Rape was probably their best one they've done since like, you know, my favorite yeah. of like their latter day stuff. But it's just it's a little too um I don't know. It's like I, I want to like it more. I wanted to like the, the last time a lot more, but I just I found myself. There's kinda, no punch. Yeah, there was zero punch. Zero punch. And I think when my friends and I were joking, we were talking about like they don't say they like they really have fun making music. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like I feel like there's it, it's it's, it's, it's <laughs> like it's, they're miserable doing it. Yeah, and and that's just kind of a, a drag to me. And maybe you know, and I feel that same way watching Suspiria. Have you seen that yet? Have you seen Suspiria? I haven't. But I, you know, I I know that Tom does the soundtrack for it. Yeah, and, you know, and he sounds just as miserable as I thought he would. Yeah, and I was kind the of soundtrack. I was kind of bummed because to me, the Suspiria, the Goblin soundtrack is so great. You know, it's so like right. li- lively yeah. and, and very. And this was very somber. I'm like, well, the Suspiria doesn't need to have. I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't bad, but I thought it's it's not shit compared to Goblin. Sorry, sorry, Tom, but that was you know, Goblin's score is amazing. But uh, right. But I think when people, the people who don't like Radiohead or who get sick of Radiohead or get a Nobel Radiohead, it's kind of this, this, is that kind of feeling that maybe they're a little too cool for school. Maybe they think they're, you know, you know, they, oh, totally. they don't want to play, Absolutely. they don't want to play creep live because they're too good for that. It's, it's kind of a snotty, snotty people feel like, you know, like there's, whether, oh, yeah. it's, whether it's earned or not, I think a lot of people are like, oh, they're so pretentious. Oh, they're so, you know, I even found myself kind of like, oh, come on guys, just strap on a guitar, you know, I get kind of annoyed with it. So I think right. I think with Radiohead, it's like there are people who are so wowed by their artistry and 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 their ambitions and the fact that they do their own thing. But you know, for some of us, we're like, well, we were there from the ground floor, and we kind of like when they used to plug in and rock out, and that it's over. And that kind of makes me a little bit sad. I guess that's just kind of where some of the right early Radiohead. If you are if you're still going to a Radiohead show just to hear them play Creep. Yeah, you're you're gonna be sad. You're 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 in the wrong venue <laughs> because they. I won't say that they won't play creep because I've seen them play creep, but it's probably been over ten years. And and forget about ripcord or anyone wants to play guitar or that kind oh, of yeah. stuff. It's just not not happening. Oh yeah. And I don't even know what yeah, they, they totally play, forget that. play off the bins. But yeah, I do feel like they just kind of like say, you know what? We're, we're not a rock band anymore. We're something different. And I feel yeah. like they become this kind of experimental thing, which works for them. You know, it's like, they're kind of like, we're Sigur Rose, four Sigur Rose with Sigur Rose, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> right? and, and, and I, I you love, may get high and dry yeah, from you, the bins these days, but, but that may be pretty close to it. I think, I think they have played street spirit. Um, it's a good song. Within the last year or so, but I mean, I mean, we're we're talking about. I mean, that's. I, I'm not even sure when the last Radiohead show was. I mean, it's 
they they didn't come around here for the moon shaped pool show. I don't at least I don't think so. They did. Well, you know, whatever. (laughs) 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 It it would have been it would have been a pretty ambient show, you know. I I think I saw them on that last one, that King of Limbs show, and was fairly okay with it, but was thinking, I wish I had something better. <laughs> I mean, not to say, I mean, it, it, it's just that the, the song selection is, is so different now, especially with, within the last three albums. And so if you're promoting an album that, that you're going to play like, you know, five to six songs off of, and then you start mixing in more recent material, like two from the last one and three from the one before that, you're not leaving a lot of space for earlier material. Mm-hmm. Plus, and, it sticks I mean, out like a sore thumb, too, with what you're doing. It sounds, yeah. it sounds so out of place, almost. Yeah. You know. I, I I start to look at the 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 way that these bands, whenever they're doing doing tours, what is it that they're playing? You know, but you know, how many songs are they typically playing off the album that they're promoting? Mm-hmm. And then you know, because like right now, like uh, I had a friend of mine that was asking me about going to see Muse, and I particularly think that the new Muse record is trash. I, I I don't like it at all. What happened to those guys? They used to be good. I they, don't. They're off. I they're, don't know. Their past two albums have been terrible. No, they're really bad now. It's sad. But the I I went to see Muse about a year ago, and where it was a fairly good show, it was still fairly not exactly what I want. So. If we take the last, well, the new album and the next, the last two albums, I'm not really interested in the bulk of that. And then whenever you're, you're putting out six songs from the new album, you know, two from the one after it, and even one after that one, well, that's half a set, if you ask me. Yeah, that's why I can't stand. And so... I, you know, I'm out. That's why I can't deal with ministry anymore because I, I love those guys, but you can see them live now. They, they, they play their new album all the way through. Then they play the old stuff. It's how they've done the past few tours. And I'm just, I can't do it. I saw that. I'm just like, I saw that they're, they're playing here this weekend. And the first half of the show is American. And it's a fucking weird and then album. After the, I mean, and that's like seven, seven or eight songs. At, at, at the front of the show and then the the rest of it is you know a total of about another six or seven that are older songs and that's it yeah i'm like you were raping honey tour or terrible taste or nwo tour like i right. thought like i thought american was actually a pretty decent album after the kind of subpar stuff they put out in the past couple of years but but it's really yeah. i don't know how they could do it live it's a strange strange weird album but i mm-hmm. but i think you know we're talking about in several of the bands we, we've kind of ended up here have been like, well, they're kind of like people, all these I love hate between their 
older earlier periods and i think Randy has the ultimate example of that that you know yeah that 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 the, yeah. the band that you want them to be they're never going to be there for very long because they're never going to stay there for very long and i think it's also kind of makes you think okay well I want them to be this band, but you know, maybe I also still want to be 25. Maybe I still want, you know, I think it's, right. it's that thing that like, you know, you can't ever, you know, maybe Queens of Stone, Stone Age never be that heavy again because they don't have that fire in them and Nick Oliver is there anymore. Man, they're not going to ever have that, you know, certain bands just, I think the biggest complaint I have with bands is they get older, so they don't rock out as much. You know, it's like, they're yeah. like, that's just why I adore a killing joke because they're the other, like, they just keep getting heavier and heavier, which is why I love yeah, them so much. Insane. You know, but, but, yeah. I, but I think with all these bands, what we're talking about, you know, it's, it's just like, can't you just crank it? Can't you just, you know, and it's just, I don't know if it's just age or, you know, the fact that, you know, you're never going to be what they want. They just don't really care. The energy, the energy level is, it, it, it seems to, I mean, it, it seems to have gone down a little bit, mm-hmm. or quite a bit. I mean, you know, when when it comes to Radiohead, it's not that I I dislike the 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 new albums all that much. I just don't want half my show that's some ambient piece from Moon Shaped Pool. Yeah, you know, I, I want a, I want a little bit of that. And it's not that I, I, I dislike you know Hail to the Thief. I I actually liked Hail to the Thief. You know, and and some of Amnesiac, but then throw me off and 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 play you know, half of the bands or something like that, or at least two songs off of that, you yeah, know, mix it up a bit, you know, get, you know, get, get some, get your uh, set list to be all over the place and not, so and, you, and that's what scared me about the Muse show is I don't want to have to sit through. Dubstep. Yeah, the, the the jump that they're rolling out for this new album, much less, I really don't want to watch Moonshade Pool. I don't. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, and that's, that's I mean that's kind of like a, a there's a few, there's a few songs that that intrigue me for a live setting, and maybe a few is being kind of nice, but. It's a sit-down uh, album. Yeah, you know. It's a, it's a bedroom yeah, album, it, it, you know? Yeah, it's, it, it's, yeah. It, it's music for airports, okay? Yeah, and, and as much as I love Brian Eno, I don't want to see stand-up stand for an hour no, and listen to that. No, I don't want to see Brian Eno. No, I don't want to see Brian Eno. He's going mean, to... All I think of with Brian Eno is, well, that's the record that I put on right before I'm trying to wind down to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, go sleep, <laughs> And I love you, Brian Eno, but that's true. I'm sorry. It's a different venue. You, you, yeah, that's totally different. So, I think it's really funny you brought up Muse because that's that's totally a band we should have had on this list. <laughs> I can't, I can't leave in and think well, about I mean, Muse. <laughs> it, 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 it's ne- it hasn't been more evident than uh, than today. I mean, w- whenever they put out this, well, uh, this most recent record. Because I, I, I had a friend of mine who was like, yeah, man, it's not bad. I'm like, man, it is absolute trash. <laughs> I, 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 I sat through I sat through clips. Or actually, you know, I have, I have one of those streaming services. And so I could listen to the whole song. But we'll just say that I went through clips. And I was like, nope. <laughs> yeah, I hear like two songs. And I'm like, uh. nope. I mean, no. I yep. mean, it, it just went. 
I got, I, I, I think I did one full song whenever the single was out, and I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? What happened here? Yeah, the, 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 yeah. La- the last album was very similar. It was just kind of like, I don't know. It was extremely similar. Yeah. Big... And then the one before that wasn't that far off base. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Don't get me started about Muse. But... Yeah. <laughs> well, because, I... you know, we, we saw them open up for you too. And then I was like, oh, we got to see this live show all just now. And it was fantastic. We, we saw it like three times on that tour, including the U2 show. Three times on that tour. We went to, we saw them at Fort Worth. They came back to Fort Worth. And then we went up to uh, Oklahoma City to see it. Fantastic show all around. It's been absolute crud since. Yeah, I don't know what. Some bands just hit those walls. I mean, you know, we've talked about several tonight that, you know, maybe eventually they'll get, yeah. they'll, yeah. Figure, they'll figure it out. But what I think what I, the big thing I've learned this. Except for Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews won't ever fucking figure that shit out. Dave Matthews is going to be. No, he's no, gonna, he's going to be the same, same shit that you got back in 1994. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy it, kids. Yeah, he just put a new album not too long ago, Samurai Cop. That's what he said it was called. Named after a oh, really, a Samurai Cop. Named after a really, oh. really, really terrible film you can watch on Amazon Prime, what which, which, you, which, you, which you should. Terrible name. Yeah, I know. I know. It's <laughs> That's the name of his album, yeah. Samurai Cop. Yeah, which is you can on Amazon. You can find it. it it's uh, done by the guys from Mr. Science Theater. Rip Tracks do it. It's just really terrible martial arts film. So I'm like, he named some like love song Samurai. Cop. I just shows you Dave Matthews in a nutshell. It's like what 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 the. <laughs> His name for your record is Samurai Cop. It's like he's not even a tr- white guy. Some white guy from Sheboygan or something. Mm-hmm. He's not even trying. <laughs> he's like, yeah, Samurai Cop. I looked it up. I watched it on Amazon last night. I'll call, I'll call the movie that. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Well, I think I, I think we've done it. We can definitely do a part. Uh, <laughs> I think we have done it. <laughs> we, can, we can definitely do a part two at some point, and maybe bands like Coldplay can one day get get our wrath. But perhaps next time we'll do solo artists that you love or hate, or maybe we'll do the uh, lifetime gigs that we have to see or haven't seen. We got several different yes. cool options. We'll do one of those three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you again. Always good stuff. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. As always, we always have a good time talking about this. And uh, yeah, we'll do this again soon. All right. Awesome. All right. That wraps up this week's episode. Stay tuned. Next week, we've got something very special planned for the holidays. So be sure to tune back for that. Until then, take care and talk to you soon.